Hello and welcome to Fostering the Inner Child Podcast. My name is Melana Macias and I'm your child deliverance coach. I help parents understand trauma and behavioral issues from a biblical, spiritual perspective. And I empower them to take authority. If this is your first time listening to me, thank you for taking the time. If you haven't joined my Facebook page, please go over and check us out at Fostering the Inner Child. I would love to have you. And as a disclaimer, I always throw out there every week, I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a therapist. I, these podcasts are just merely for educational and spiritual purposes only. Okay, I know last week I said that this episode was going to be about identity loss in our children, but the Lord had a different plan for today. Today I want to talk about the real Halloween. I know, don't kill the messenger, but I hope today that I give you more of an understanding of what's wrong with Halloween and why we are really do what we are really doing to our kids when we celebrate it. And I also want to touch a little bit today about witchcraft because I keep seeing it everywhere, especially in our children's things of jewelry. Uh, what they watch on TV, the movies, the books, um, even places that we take our kids that are made for kids. Um, so I will be touching base on that a little bit before I end this episode. But um, first, I want us to look at some history of how Halloween even began. Upon my research, I discovered that Halloween actually goes back to ancient Celtic festival of Sawan. The Celts who live in what is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and Northern France celebrated their new year on Halloween. This day marked the end of the summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. The Celtics believe that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred, allowing the spirits to return to earth. They would light bonfires, offer sacrifices, and wear costumes to ward off these spirits. After the Romans conquered the Celts in 43 AD, they combined the Sawan with their own festivals of Feralia. This is a day of honoring Pomona, which is a Roman goddess of fruit and trees. Unlike, unlike other Roman deities, Pomo was not borrow, borrowed from Greek mythology. She was Roman and her name that derived from the Latin word pomum, meaning fruit. So when the Christians spread across the Celtic lands, Christians actually started to absorb some of those customs of Sawas into their own practices. We can see that when we look at All Hallows Day, um, or All Hallows Eve is sometimes called, or All Saints Day. Um, it's usually called one of those three things, and it's celebrated on Halloween in the Western Christian belief. This is when they have incorporated the Sawa's traditions of wearing costumes to honor saints, whether known or unknown. And it was very common for them to pray to the saints 
asking them to intercede on their behalf to God. This misconception is that they think the saints are closer to God, so if they intercede through the, the, the if the saints would intercede for them to God, then God would hear their prayers. But this is not true. If we if we look in the Bible, the AMPC version is what I always use. Um, it's just my favorite. But if we look at Matthew six nine, in this verse, Jesus instructs his followers to pray to the Father. It says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, how to be your name. And then we, we go flip over to John 16, 23. Here Jesus tells his disciples directly to pray to the Father in his name. In, the, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. So I used to see at that verse right there, you know, we don't need intercession through saints. And we're not supposed to be praying to anybody else, but through Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy 2.5, in this verse, Paul declared to Timothy that Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. So that takes out the saints praying to the saints altogether. It says, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. These verses emphasize that prayer should be directed to God, the Father, and that Jesus acts as our mediator in these prayers. I wanted to point that out because um, so far all we see is either um, it, praying to those that are dead or, you know, and we're going to come, I'm going to talk about the rest of how how even we, did we get to, how do you even trick-or-treating even start? I mean, so if we, we did, I did some research with that one, too, because I was like, okay, so I, I see the history of this di de deity, okay, this goddess, and then I, I see that. So let's see, when did trick-or-treating start, and how... What, what was the point of dressing up? So dressing up and trick-or-treating in America goes all the way back to the 19th and early 20th centuries. It was during this time that Halloween began to take modern form, influenced by traditions of the Irish and the Scottish immigrants. The act of dressing in costumes and going door to door to ask for food or money was a practice known as mumming and guiding. And it was incorporated into Halloween celebrations of what we actually know today as trick-or-treating. They would dress up in costumes to hide their identity because they believed that between our world and the spirit was a thinnest during Sawa, or now what we call Halloween, and they would go door-to-door -door ask for, asking for food and money. So we see that throughout history of Halloween, we see it is a day of that is feared because they feared that that the, the lining was removed, it was blurred, and so that the evil spirits would come and go. Okay, so there was fear on this day. It also represents the worshiping of the dead. We see that through um, through All Hallows Eve. Pagans and Wiccans celebrate this day as well by doing rituals building altars to the dead, practicing divination, 
is one of the biggest days of the whole year for them. It's why I felt it was so important to give Christians an understanding about the history of Halloween. Because trust me, a few years ago, I was the one dressing up my kids in non-scary outfits, thinking that if it wasn't in, if they wasn't in scary costumes, yet it was okay. But then I began to learn the history, and that these 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 modern day here and now witches and warlocks that were doing spells were handing out that same candy to kids that I didn't even know they had casted spells on. I would one of them, if you receive any apples during Halloween, well, I'm learning the hard way, one of them was an apple, okay? And that actually has a history to it as well. One, because um, uh, it, it, it roots back to Sawas too, Divination Ritual's connection with the, uh, the Pomona goddess, the one of fruit, the goddess of fruit. So sometimes, you know, which is a warlock, you won't even know. I tell you, they look, they don't, you'll, you can't discern. I mean, you, you can discern, but you can't look at somebody and say, well, they must be a witch or a warlock. You would never know. So when they're out there handing out apples to children, they, they've cursed it, and then your child takes it home, and then all of a sudden things go a little awry in your household after, and you don't understand why. So, you know, I had to learn that, you know, we just don't, we just don't celebrate it. We, we just don't. Once I learned the history about it, and it's deep-rooted, all about death, basically, um, the dark side, the darkness, you know? I mean, so when we dress up our kids, whether cute or scary, we're taking on the tradition of the ancient Celtic festival of Sawa. We are taking on the divination rituals that were performed back then, like the dressing up, going door to door, hiding identity, and taking on other identity through costumes. Going to scary houses, watching scary movies, which opens the door to hauntings, sleep paralysis, and so much more. That is obviously another topic for another podcast, but... (laughs) But we are celebrating the things that are not of God when we celebrate Halloween. We're celebrating darkness. We're celebrating death. We're, we're celebrating fear. You know, th- how is that? You know, that's not, that's not of God. God is none of that. You know, God is love. God is light. What I personally do with my kids is um, I, I take them to a candy store uh, the day after Halloween, and I get let them get whatever they want, and then I treat them to do something they haven't done or hadn't done in a long time. And I trust me, that means more to them than going door to door because it's a special day, and they know every year that they're going to have a special day with us. Guys, all I'm saying is that we just can't mix the Lord Jesus with paganism. We can't be lukewarm. We must be on fire for Jesus. We have to get away from all that stuff. That's just this is just this is just a worldly thing, you know. We're not supposed to we're supposed to live in the world but not be of the world, you know, and it will transform your life, your children's life. I guarantee it. But I just ask you just pray about it, friends. Just let Holy Spirit reveal to you himself if I'm if I, if if I'm right or if I'm wrong, and and he will because he cares for you, he loves you, 
He's going to reveal these things to you if you ask him. All you have to do is ask him. He will. Before I end this episode, I like I said, I wanted to talk about witchcraft. Um, this is sort of in line with the definition that I've been talking about today. It doesn't really have a reflection of Halloween, per se, but it does have you know, s- some relation to it. Well, witchcraft obviously does, but... Um, I just, I just see witchcraft is becoming more and more prevalent, and it's, it's trickling down onto our kids, and they don't even know, they don't know it. Most, most parents probably don't know about the few things I'm going to talk here today, about what your kids could be wearing right now, and you just think it's, it's harmless. That's how, that's how this world is. They really, that's how the devil is too. Very, very sly. Very, very sly. I see more and more necklaces, I see shirts, I see earrings, you name it, it has some sort of reference to witchcraft. I mean, we look at some popular brands, we can see H&M, this is a global brand, but it has, in children's items, it has designs such as moon, stars, which can be associated with witchcraft. Now, if I, am I saying that a shirt with the moon on it is witchcraft? No. Am I saying a shirt with a star on it is witchcraft? No. Am I saying a shirt with the, uh, you know, st- uh, the sun on it is witchcraft? No. If I see all of those things on a shirt together, yes. Absolutely. Because that is... That is definitely what um, is associated with witchcraft seminology. Okay. Zara's Kids. That's another um, one. Um, they incorporate symbols like the evil eye. A talisman. Both of these things are associated with the evil eye. Let me touch on this for just a second. I see, I've seen quite a few children wear an evil eye and if you don't know what that looks like go look it up they're being taught that if they're scared of any monsters that if they wear this then you know it protects them which is complete nonsense what it is is that that child's even going to be even more haunted because it's bringing it's drawing in because of its symbolism is drawing in demonic entities. They could be having bad dreams. They could be um, harassed in the middle of the night. They could say their room is haunted. I mean, never allow your children to wear an evil eye. It does not, I mean, as a Christian, you probably already know that, but um, I do know a Christian parent who actually allows her child to wear that, thinking that it's just uh, a superstition, and if it makes her daughter feel better, then it's okay. Please don't. Please don't. Okay, and Claire's. Um, Claire's carries uh, symbols like pentagrams. We all know those are bad. Uh, The triple moon symbol. Both of these are, obviously, pentagrams. We know it's mocked. The triple moon symbol is associated with witchcraft. Hot topic. I do not like this store whatsoever, but um, I know it is, especially in, with teenagers, especially the, the um, 
I don't want to say goth, but it's 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 sort of like the goth goth look, you know. They like to the teenage girls like to go to Hot Topic, but they have the the symbols of witchcraft and other magical things too, and lots of anime and another story. I mean, another um, episode, another time. But anime is all demonic. Not I'm not gonna lie. Have true cases with that. Um, yeah. Another popular thing that we see. Mushrooms. Mushrooms on clothing. That's what I'm talking about. It seems it seems so cute. It seems harmless. But mushrooms have a long-standing association with witchcraft and mysticism. Okay? They, they were used as, you know, hallucinogenics and um, um, psycho active compounds and all this stuff and brews and po potions for definition that's used for communications with the spirit realm um, <clears throat> or for inducing visions they often you'll see them a lot of times in earrings and they look cute they really do not gonna lie but I would not wear them I wouldn't wear them because of what their meaning behind it is. So sometimes we just got to like do your due diligence research on things because when you find out like the backstory of how something was used or how something was created, it might just you know. I mean, it's sometimes we just got to do our due diligence and um, go research it and find out is there anything behind this. Because you don't want something in your house. You don't want something your child's wearing to haunt them. And you certainly don't want something in your house that's going to haunt you. (laughs) So, there are just so many unlimited resources where witchcraft is being taught to our children through books... And the one that is the most overlooked by parents, I believe, is Harry Potter. I'm sorry. Other books like The Worst Witch, A Wizard of Earthsea, The Witch's Daughter, Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch and the West, and there's so many other books out there, just too many to name. Um, Then we got... You know, children's TV shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, the Hocus Pocus. Sorry, guys, Hocus Pocus. Yes, that too. Um, Harry Potter. There again. You know, and then, like I said, all anime, all anime is uh, demonic. But the two main shows that are out right now that focus on witchcraft or little witch academia and kiki's delivery service so but anime is just a whole different thing uh it's i don't even know uh, i just know it's just, it's just a month I'll, I'll i'll do an episode sometime on anime but <clears throat> i just feel like the world doesn't really grasp how all this witchcraft works and how it's dangerous to be playing with these things you know you know they say, put these things in kids you know, 
aisles at their stores and stuff and little kids or teenagers buy them thinking oh well this don't this is not going to work and then they play with spells and all this stuff and it, it's just overtaking everything you go into a little kid store like five below and you have a whole section with books tarot cards sage to clean your house which really attracts demons by the way do not ever sage your house you want to you want to cleanse your house you go open up Psalms 91, you go pray over some olive oil, and go anoint your house. There you go. Simple as that. So simple as that. Every door and every window. But never use sage. Um, five blow cells, spell books, crystals. I mean, it was just in. They're just overdoing it with, with all that. And mostly kids go into that store. So who do you think's buying it? Teenagers kids they're experimenting with things that are so dangerous when you don't know which oh my goodness what the doors are open i see too many young people wearing all these things watching these things and i truly don't think parents are aware of the ramifications you know i always say we have to go back to that song and most of you probably probably know it <laughs> it's a song you sing in church when you're a little kid and it it's be careful little eyes what you see be careful ears what you hear for the father up above is looking down with love so be careful little eyes what you see it went something like that anyways i probably got it wrong but it's been too many years ago but um we definitely have to protect our children from these things. The devil's coming like a roaring lion, ready to attack. We got to put on the whole armor of God and fight the good fight for our kids. Well, that is it for this episode. I pray I have helped some of you understand Halloween and what witchcraft and and how some this is in so much of our stuff and in our kids stuff please if you have any questions you can email me at fostering the inner child at gmail.com until then i will talk to you next week on fostering the inner child podcast blessings to you all <laughs>